Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin. Be'ez is Hashem, Shalom Bayez, Shir, number 155. In Avis the Rav Nassin, it discusses about the Klolos that Adam Arishan received and what Chava received and what the Nachash received. And we know that Adam, as an example, even though they were Klolos, but they have an inner deep bracha within it, even, let's say, B'zeas HaPecha Toich Alechem, the idea of the Zeya in the, of the Ponim, that it has healing effects, and work has healing effects, and there's ways to transform that Klola into a Bracha. And the same thing with Chava as well. But Lamaisa, the Torah, does call them Klola. So what's fascinating is, is it says that Adam was the scholar with three things, and Chava with three things. And then in another place in Avastar Abnasan, it says that Chava was Niskalal with ten things. So it's a stira. Was it three or was it ten? And the Mepharshim there explain that the main Klala was the three. And the three that most Mepharshim say they are is the first one is the Dam Sulem and Dam Nida, the uncomfortableness of that. Number two, the, the tsar in pregnancy, the difficulty. And number three is the actual tsar of childbirth. Those are the three. And like we said, which is not our discussion for now, that even those three have within it tremendous bracha that we could transform those kalas. But it's mashma that the other seven are definitely not mamish klolos, even in and of itself, and very easily it could be transformed into brachas. Because those are not the main ones. And a mushal for them, here's a few examples of him. One of the so-called klolos by an isha is that by an ish, taivas mepeh, he asks for relations verbally, openly, while by the woman it's in her heart, and she has to hint to it in nuanced ways. So it seems like it's a negative thing because she doesn't have that uh, right or that ability to assert herself as the man does. But nevertheless, you do see that the Chazal praises a woman with her tzniyas when she hints to these things in discreet ways and not verbally. And the truth is, that is the way to be nishapachet into a bracha mamash. Whatever type of subtlety that could cause a restraint, it, it, it has the ability also, and a lot depends on the husband to do this, to, to, to um, catch on to the cues, those ramazim, that her, 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 his husband, her, his wife is hinting to him, and he accommodates, and that's a hamtaka, that's a sweetening of this inyan, where the husband senses and feels her ratzayin through the remazim, the hints that she shows in wanting this, and then she's not lacking anything. And then she's not lacking anything, and the shalom bayis even gets stronger. And um, so you see, Chazal saw a good thing in this and it's not really a klala because it has a sweetness in its source. 
Another aspect brought down in Avas the Rav Nassan is that she's chavusha bebeisa asurim. She's like imprisoned in a prison. And the fact that she can't go out, like a man can go out, because but the Chazal again praise a woman for this. She's a little bit confined, yes, with her tzniyas, there is a external confinement, but with the sweetness in the house and her wisdom in how she conducts herself with her husband and with her husband's attitude towards her in a positive way, it widens, it strengthens, where she feels free. She does not. She feels the opposite of being in prison. The tzniyas not only does not diminish that freedom feeling, it adds and strengthens that freedom feel, feeling within her. So it's not a klala, because it turns very easily into something that's beautiful. And then there are other things that the Avast Ramnasan brings down, atufa ka'avel, which is not noyig bezmanazeh, menuda mecholodam, separate, which is also not noyig bezmanazeh, so you see, number one, that even the ones that were actual klalas, b'zayas apecha, or 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 b'tavin, um, um, you know, teldi bonim, has a positive element to it that could be transformed. But certainly, those other things that were listed have a pretty open positive thing that could maybe not not only not make it into a negative, but become a very big positive. So that's something very important to understand. Another thing interesting that in Avast Rab it says that it says that if someone adorns herself while she's a nida to, to, to look attractive, the chachamim are not satisfied with that. Now, there's a machloikis tanoim, whether it's mutter for her to adorn herself when she is a nida. We paskin like Rabbi Akiva. That it's mutter. Why is it mutter? That she should not um, look unappealing to her husband. So, Rabbi Kiva says it's mutter. The Chachamim say they're not happy with it. But again, here is a certain aspect where you could be Mekayim both in a very positive way. Because if you just Miskashet, a woman is miskashet herself, beautifies herself to an extent of lowering the notch somewhat. With a neimus, with a nikias, she dresses nicely, refinely, but she knows because it is right now not permitted to engage in physical relationship with her husband, and she doesn't want to cause uh, by by overdressing or by beautifying herself too much could cause issues with that. So she doesn't go over the top. And she dresses in a way that's refined, but in a way that does not awaken that physical desire to the extent that would not be proper. And then when she is tahar, then she could go beyond that to a point where she really shows herself in the home attracted, attractive by dressing attractively towards her husband. So, again, with Chazal, you have these nuanced type of maimorim, and we have to know how to apply them properly. But it's clearly, we pass on the Rabbi Kiva, there's an Indian, he says the word mutter, the etzem, but you'll see through the 
Mefarshim and Achreinim explain it's actually praiseworthy to a certain degree as long as you don't go overboard. It's important for a woman, a wife, to always dress nicely, presentably, and even be made up somewhat, even in her nida period, but not to the extent, but she has to use, and she does use, her inner wisdom to know how to go about doing it. And there are definitely a different level between what what is... um, um, in the time when she's Anita dressing nicely versus the time when she's not Anita. Always with their tzniyas, but there's still a difference in levels. And the woman has the wisdom to know how to go about it. Another aside, in Avastar Avnasan, a beautiful Indian, about Eoiv. Eoiv was machmed that he, he didn't even look at a b'sula. We're not talking about his stockless. His stockless is steering... Uh, 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 you know, for to be Ma'ira Taiva is wrong anyway. But this is talking about just looking. He did not, he did, he did not even look at a basula. He was Machman, Avram Avinu, we talked about in a prior, early shear that, according to one Shita, he was Machman not even to look at his wife, according to one, one opinion. But Eve was Machman not to even look at a basula, and certainly not a married woman. And the Avistar of Nassim explains that Eve's process of thought was as follows. I'm going to look at her today, and she's a virgin, she's a basula, she's not married. But what's going to happen tomorrow? Tomorrow, someone will marry her, and she'll become an Eshesish, which means that I'll be looking at an Eshesish. Now, obviously, that's not how it works on a technical sense, because right now she's a psula. She's not looking. He's not looking at an ashesish, at a married woman. She's looking. He's looking at an unmarried uh, 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 woman. But according to the mafarshan, they explain two ways. One way of to explain it is pushit that he he was worried that if he makes it a habit to look at unmarried women psulais, it'll cause him to awaken a taiva within him to eventually be nichshel in the isser of looking at a Eshesish, a married woman as well. Even though right now, it's she, only, she's only, he's only looking at a psula. He was worried about what it will cause later. That's the pashup shot in this Avastarab Nasan. But in a more subtle way, he felt as follows. That right now he was looking at a psula right now, but that image will be, if he looks at her, and has a certain desire or liking towards her, it'll be engraved engraved in his mind and in his heart that that image of this basula will be engraved in his image and his heart even for an extended period of time. At that point, she'll be married and that image will still be in his mind. And when he thinks about it, he'll be thinking and looking in his the image of his, in his mind on an ashesish. So that's an interesting deher, an interesting thought in the Avast Rab And by the way, this is a good, besides whatever aids people have about watching their eyes and not looking at women, married women, unmarried women, and what will help a lot of boys to understand, even if it's technically, halachically, however you want to look at it, but in Hashkafa-wise, it's, it's a very, very important concept, is basically... Again, except for the exception of dating, when you're mamish dating, it says there's a, you need to, to, to look to see. Talk about that in a different time. 
But otherwise, no. I will not look even at a single girl who's not married yet. Why? And you think along those lines. Because 40 days before the Bria, 40 days before you're born, Bas Pliny Le Pliny, and this, this girl that you, that, that you may look at, really, in Shemayim, belongs to somebody else. Destined to marry somebody else. She may not be an Ashish Ish now. But that concept helps with Shemira Seinayim. It's not yours. It's Amuna. doesn't belong to me. The one that belongs to me will belong to me. And if someone especially is um, 16, 17, and w- whichever circles you are, where you're not going to get married for another year, two years, a few years, then it's not Negea. So what's the so so so? It's not mine. Doesn't belong to me. This person belongs to somebody else, and I'll cover it for that somebody else. I'm not going to look at this person. It's an interesting rayon that does help if you really put thought into it. And um, that's another interesting yesaid. And um, so those things were I learned in Avastrab Nassen that gave a, an idea of what the inyanim of Tznias is, and what the inyanim of Shalom Bayis is. One more thing I'll add, fascinating, talks about Aharon HaKoyin, and this is brought down all over, that he was Matal Shalom Ben Ishla Ishtoy, and there's a lot of Chazal and how he went about it. But Ravis Rav Nassan adds an interesting point. He says, what happened after he created that peace between a husband and a wife? It was them to bond together, and to and to have relations. and they had physical relations. and they conceived a child, and they called the child on his name. They called him Aharon, Altakaras Hatoiv, Ahava, and the Sholem that Aharon Akoyin caused, and basically the, the couple was basically saying, saying, I owe you Aharon Akaris Atoyv, you will ma'ir us to have Shalom again, you will ma'ir us to get together again, you will ma'ir us to reunite, and with this reuniting, we were to a child, and that's why we're going to call the child on, with your name. Have a wonderful day.